Welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. I am Dr. David Hopkins, humanities professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. An important question in this podcast, what does it even mean to be educated? I can tell you when I get students in my classes to be honest with me, they truly and honestly, they deeply question the value of that piece of paper called a degree beyond the idea that it will help me make money or get a job someday. You know, the the facts that students have very serious doubts on the validity or the importance of the degree beyond just that ticket to more cash. This should make all of us who work in higher education, parents who plan on sending their kids to college, or high school students questioning if it's really worth it and if it's the right path to take, we need to stop to think about the way education is evolving in this country and what is the purpose for the degree. You know, if we really just step back, we think about it, if the purpose of a college degree is simply to give you skills that will allow you to obtain a job, I mean, if that's the case, the absurdity of our current system is simply astounding, as we can surely educate, train on practical job skills much, much more easily and effectively than four years of college and sixty to $100,000 of debt. Conversely, though, if the purpose of that degree is much bigger and grander, and it's to create an intellectual and educated society so the citizens will help expand, improve, and, and make life better in the society we live, well, then we're not really doing a very good job at that either. This game of higher education, it is a very high stakes, and it involves some serious amounts of money. You know, it was costly when I went to college, but now if a student makes a bad choice, it can literally be a life-altering event that leaves them with tens of thousands of loan debt. So we need to be honest and evaluate a core question. Are institutions meeting a basic function of society in fostering an intellectually sound and an educated citizen? Or does that even really matter anymore? Or do we just want to give people a piece of paper so they get a job? I mean... That might be easier for universities just to pump out worker drones in specialized fields with piece and print pieces of paper. But this whole process, this whole concept, it's a very fair question and it's a very important one in our modern society. You know, I need to be cognizant, though, as I'm talking about the limitations in this very field in which I work. And I need to be careful not to be hypocritical here and pretend as if I know all the answers to this and, you know, what everybody else is doing wrong is wrong. You know, that's just a cheap politician way of blaming others and not 
holding any accountability to myself. So as hard as it is for me to see the current opinion and the direction education seems to be making, it's important conversation uh, because education plays such a significant role in society and culture. It's always done so for hundreds of years. And in our age of information, education is extremely vital to the success of any civilization. But let's be honest with each other right here from the beginning. Being an educated person and possessing a piece of paper that either says bachelor's degree, master's degree, doctorate degree, they are not the same thing. This is sad to say coming from somebody who spent 20 plus years in various positions in higher education as both a college instructor, a dean, and a publishing director. But this is what's marketed to society. Get the degree and become an educated person. You know, I have four pieces of paper. I've acquired them over 13 years in formal higher education training. And I never felt smarter, in all honesty, the day after I had the piece of paper than I did the day before. And even though society would look at me completely different as having the paper versus not. You know, for the new graduate leaving the university after spending thousands of dollars and not leaving holistically educated to be effective in all facets of life, that is a failure in my eyes. I know many are very proud of their pieces of paper. You know, in modern culture, we're very proud of our cars, our clothes, our shoes, our jewelry, our houses, and we like to show them to the world. Uh, sadly, we do. many people do that same thing with their degrees. They become so, these college degrees have become so commoditized that the value is often diluted. Ooh, I got a degree in this field or, or that field or the other field from a big prestigious state university or small elite private college. I mean, we all have pride in our pieces of paper, but I'm not talking here about it is, you know, it's that that it's not time consuming, that it costs a lot of money, that there truly is effort and energy invested in getting the degree. That's not to take anything away from people who've done it because I've done it myself and there should be pride when we accomplish any task. You know, it, it does. It takes discipline. It takes focus. It takes organization. It takes a balancing work and life and studies. It def definitely demonstrates a strength of character when we achieve that piece of paper. This I would never deny to anybody, but I want to talk about becoming educated because sometimes we pull the wool over our eyes that that paper kind of is, is the end game. And, you know, sometimes in, in many different situations, you know, we just have to firewalk that maze of the institution to obtain the piece of paper, but it doesn't mean that we've truly become educated, critical thinkers, positive forces in society. Yes, I am a humanities professor, and yes, I am biased towards a holistic education. You know, I believe a career is just one facet of life. I believe an education is more than learning a trade or a career skill. 
surely that career and the job and the money is important, but it isn't everything. And I see lots of talk and discussions about universities, and they need to continue to move towards career-ready skills. Yet there are some very serious flaws in this content, in this concept within the context of a university. You know, first of all, the world moves so fast in our technological age that the skill that you could acquire in an institution on X machine or Y program, quite frankly, can often be obsolete before the student even graduates. This world that we live, it moves way faster than higher education could ever dream of evolving curriculum. You know, many companies themselves, they can't even keep pace with technological innovations. And to think a university can look out into the landscape of any given industry and craft a program that teaches a quote-unquote career-ready skill seems a little bit unrealistic. And also, the fact of the matter is there are skills that every employer always wants in its employees, and they literally have nothing to do with just a technical expertise. Number one, they love to see people have the ability to think, the ability to communicate effectively, the ability to solve problems, the ability to collaborate, the ability to be creative. You know, these skills, they just never go out of style, no matter what the technical expertise of any career field goes. Because, you know, if you if you can learn these skills, no matter what the technical changes are, the student can be prepared for it. Yet, the drumbeat continues to this career-ready technical expertise focus on the, on the field of study. And it's so popular right now. Uh, you know, I think, though, tech schools, trade schools, they are awesome options for so many high school students. And I surely do not want to, you know, minimize them. They are wonderful. And for the right student who, quite frankly, either one, you know, just loves a certain discipline, why go to four years of college when you can just learn the skill and go out and do it? And some people, quite frankly, they can't afford or they just don't want to be in college. And that's all well and good, too. Uh, but this conversation, it's not to minimize those technical schools, those career education institutions. We need all kinds of those because we have such a demand for them in society. But what this conversation is about are the colleges and the universities and what is being educated versus what are the realities of that diploma from the institution of education. So in the colleges and the universities, there is a disconnect between the institution of education and the realities of being successful outside the walls of the university, as witnessed by many of our most successful leaders in this country and globally having dropped out, never attended, or dismissed literally by the walls of academia. I'm reading right now this autobiography by of Benjamin Franklin, and it's just absolutely a fascinating read. You know, this, this kid, Benjamin Franklin, at the age of 10, was the last 
time he ever studied academics formally in an institution. And I mean, he is considered one of the most incredible intellectual minds this country has ever seen. And, you know, how in the world did he become so intellectually strong and lead such a a fruitful and such a successful life with literally never going to school after the age of 10? Well, you know, he did it by living. He did it by trying different things. He did it by reading. He was a voracious reader and he was a critical thinker. And we often incorrectly assume that being an educated person is synonymous with that piece of paper. This illusion, it's created by the colleges and their marketing departments. And we should attempt, we should always attempt to live up to this, those of us that work in higher education. Or we need to drop this mantra altogether and just start training those technical career-ready skills that society is telling the colleges and the universities that are important. You know, being dishonest on the process is just, we need to we need to go one way or the other. You know, the badge of intellectual or educated from that piece of paper is so silly. There's just a big difference between somebody who is what we what I would call intellectually mature versus the mental training that is produced in the institution. Sadly, I often notice that this illusion of intellect gets worse and worse the higher one goes in the university. Much of it is just ego-driven idea that an MA or a PhD separates one person from another intellectually. I mean, sometimes it can or does. Most of the time, it does not. So how, if you have a degree, or even more so an advanced degree, you know, let's think about this and your intellect. How often did you truly feel challenged to your core? How often did you push yourself to the utmost limit intellectually, where success or failure literally hung in the balance? I mean, my, I myself personally, I can remember a few of these moments. Uh, one of them was basic training in the Army, and I surely wondered if there was any way I was ever going to get through that. Um, and then I recall one or two moments in my undergraduate degree where I had professors that just pushed me and I really had to dig deep to get through it. And I recall a period of intense struggle during my doctoral dissertation and even, even a period of time during the review process of my master's thesis where I had to go back to the drawing board after spending four or five months trying to get this thesis ready to go. But really, in the span of 13 years of higher education, how often was I truly pushed and challenged intellectually. I don't mean in an in general sense that it was hard and I worked at it, but I mean intellectually being pushed. You know, the struggle and pain of earning that piece of paper intellectually very rarely matches that ego bliss that we give ourselves once we have that piece of paper. Again, I, I do want to stress in my colleges, I teach a lot of first-generation college students who earn, who when they earn that degree, they've broken down generational barriers. They've done something no one in their family has ever done. So I'm not talking about the general struggle. And there is honor, there's 
pride in earning the paper from that from that standpoint but i'm talking about becoming intellectually mature and i use that term a lot intellectually mature so let let me just define it not by a dictionary just what from my standpoint what is somebody who's intellectually mature you know it's a person who has developed both mentally and emotionally to the point they have the ability to view life through this lens of critical thinking, analysis, research, reflection about the reality of society and their own personal self. They also don't walk around with some overinflated ego of their superior intellect. And they don't stand by as a victim ever, but rather they have this capacity to balance the intellectual with the emotional. They don't let things happen to them, but they act. They seek and they propose solutions to problems and then they strive to achieve those and look for the best outcome, not just for themselves, but for society as a whole. You know, the university pseudo-intellectual that I've most often seen in graduate and postgraduate education is oftentimes characterized by, well, showing off. I hate to say it. I got this degree. I wrote this scholarly journal. Uh, which, of course, nobody will read and had no benefit for the greater society, except, of course, they're my own little tight circle of colleagues, which patted me on the back and said it's groundbreaking research, which guarantees really in the end that article, that journal, that writing didn't mean anything at all to anybody. Look at my diplomas on the wall in my office. See them all framed up? Uh, look at the fancy cap and gown that I wear to the graduation ceremonies. I know the undergraduates look at it with their very simple, plain uh, cap and gown, and I'm sure they wish they could have this, but this requires lots of intelligence and intellect. I mean, like the age of Martin Luther, I'll go all the way back to the Protestant Reformation. This period is one that I surely teach a lot in the humanities. You know, during this, this era of time, there was a massive disconnect going on between the institution of the Roman Catholic faith and the teachings of the Bible. The institution had become incredibly corrupt and it was not serving the people and it was hyperinflated and there was tons of ego and money and all that going around and Martin Luther came in and said, wait a minute, you're not doing anything of what you espouse you're supposed to be doing and thus the Reformation. You know, the institution of higher education, if you read it and listen to what the universities say, they espouse thinking, creativity, innovation, a well-educated person and their missions, their purposes, their vision statements, and they, they publish these for everyone to see in their state-approved and accrediting body catalogs. You see it in their commercials, uh, students reaching their full highest best self in many ways though we keep seeing this curriculum we keep seeing the instruction being dumbed down to simply i'm going to make an employee and they're definitely not the same thing you know here are some of the type of ideals that universities still include in their mission statements this one happens to be from the university of wisconsin and they here's their mission statement quote to serve and stimulate society by developing students in heightened intellectual, cultural, and humane sensitivities, scientific, professional, technical expertise, 
and a sense of value and purpose inherent in this mission are methods of instruction, research, extended education, and public service designed to educate people and improve the human condition. Basic to every purpose of the system is the search for truth. I love this mission statement. What grand and noble aspirations. What a wonderful balance between the scientific, technical, professional, and then huge, big, passion-generating moments. You know, these should be commonplace in higher education if they're living this mission statement out, not the exception to the rule. You know, if the university could live up to the mission statement, we wouldn't have near the hate, the division, the anxiety, the stress, the closed-mindedness, the fear that we see in our society today. Education truly has that much power when it is properly passed through a culture and a civilization. This brings us to a crux in, in our discussion. Is being educated the learning of things like memorizing and the ability to regurgitate data on a multiple choice test? You know, is it about acquiring knowledge, uh, facts, processes, procedures that basically we can all objectively agree upon? Or should a university education be more? I would argue with you it does not take sixty to $120,000 to learn objective details and theories. You know, if we're going to make this real simple, we have YouTube that can teach us all of this sort of stuff. But universities, they're marketing that they can that they do much, much more. Notice the University of Wisconsin mission statement. It talks about truth and the discovery of truth. What a powerful statement. You know, truth, it's the opposite of lies and falsehoods, which then, you know, in the discovery of truth, it takes these students to exploring logical, factual, or ethical meanings. And it requires this thing called critical and free thinking. Now, figuring this out in life is an entire different level of intellectual learning. And the University of Wisconsin mission statement says this is a cornerstone of their education. But is it really? It could be argued all too often we're producing these technological giants and intellectual midgets in our university. There's way too much indoctrination, zombie walking, just not thinking that is going on. You know, most degrees and most students spend very little time in self-exploration in class seeking out big picture concepts on things like truth. They're learning facts. They're learning proper protocols. They're learning patterns. They're learning theories. They're learning laws of science. Most often, they're training students to be incredibly regimented and following the rules in their studies and their curriculum, as well as the teaching that's going on in the classroom. I would bet there's some of you listening, if you went to college, and you probably or may have suffered this dreaded phone call or email from the 
academic administration area as you got near to graduation, and it's something like, oh, I'm so sorry to inform you. You missed three credit hours in Western civilization, and I know that you took this class at another college called Analysis of Western Civilization, but that just doesn't fit exactly this incredible learning that you're going to get in our Western Civilization course. So thus, you're going to have to make this thing up, or we're not going to give you a piece of paper. That rigid, militaristic style of education and learning I mean, it bleeds outward from the science lab or the computer screen and the institution, and it bleeds into other areas of life. And in essence, many ways, the university is teaching our students that if you want to get through something, you have no choice but to conform exactly to it. Now, this is not the university's fault alone. Society in general is demanding more and more specialization because it creates efficiency in the work world. You know, the assembly lines of manufacturing, high tech, even education, where each person performs his or her own single task to the best of their ability, uh, that cog in a machine mentality. But with this efficiency comes a high cost. It really can produce just fractional people who know a whole lot about a little bit, but they never feel as though there's something larger. That diploma then is reduced to this. Diploma equal job opportunity equal money. And we've basically kind of ingrained that into our young students as they're going through high school. You know, in education, I'll look back even a little further, they took a terrible step backward not forward with with one of these highly efficient models and the name of it was no child left behind just an utter disaster in education and you know high school teachers now they earn raises they're deemed good teachers or bad based on numeric scores i'm going to talk about that for a second you could take the most brilliant teacher in the world Uh, put them in a school district in inner city Tampa or Miami where I'm at here in Florida and you may have 40-50% of your class where English is the second language and when those kids test uh, in English on certain topics and they score incredibly low but that could be the most amazing teacher on the planet to get students from nothing to even... Um, a minimal level of efficiency and you can take the worst student the worst teacher on the planet put them in a very fluent neighborhood with two parent homes and a great family background and they score a great score but that teacher is terrible this numeric score is a problem and also this entire in k-12 the star rating this is a five-star school. This is, oh, you're a two-star school. Oh, you're a, oh, you're doing better. You went from a three to a four-star. You must be really making smarter kids than you were the year before. I mean, we're rating schools literally like an Amazon product that we buy. These numeric codes determining success or failure, you know, as if that number could even touch 
whether we are truly educating students. This bleeds over to especially juniors and seniors in high school. You know, now like drones, because of these standardized tests, our students are just regurgitating properly answers that will appear on these tests. Now we use these standardized exams and memorization to rate our students all the way through college. Oh, you needed a 24 ACT. Oh, but you only got a 22. So you're not smart enough to go to big state university. You have to go to medium-sized state university because you're just not quite smart enough because our score number here says you need a 24 to be able to go to big state university. I mean, how many hours and tutoring dollars are invested in America on for students trying to meet the number to get into the college they want to be in? As if that number does it. It's ridiculous. But back to the University of Wisconsin, and this is not to harp on the University of Wisconsin because pretty much every college has the same style of admission statement and does the same thing nationwide. If only it were so easy as fix the University of Wisconsin and all would be grand and well, well, that would be really simple. Uh, but we know this is a nationwide problem. Uh, but let's let, let's talk about what is acquired in these schools and at places like the University of Wisconsin and this knowledge acquisition that happens. In mathematics, it's all about rote knowledge acquisition, you know. X plus 3 equals 12. Solve for X. 2 plus 2 equals 4. No, it doesn't equal 6 or it doesn't equal 3. Water forms from two atoms of hydrogen and one of oxygen. And if you do not follow this exactly, there is no water. Period. In computer programming, there's this string of code. And it either works or it doesn't work well. Or maybe it's downright wrong. So thus you have to change it to make sure it works. In accounting, the monetary unit assumption principle, it dictates that all financial activity has to be recorded in the same currency, which in the case for U.S. businesses obviously means in U.S. dollars. Or in the field of medicine, bacterial proliferation within a wound bed results in alterations of each phase of the wound healing process, thus prolonged healing and contributing to chronic wounds. The opportunity cost concept in economics states the world has unlimited wants but very limited means. So there's always a choice that has to be made. We give up one thing to have another. So we use these formulas to calculate the value and cost to find which option will be most fruitful. You're probably already getting very bored of this. That's probably enough. You get the idea. If we are honest, couldn't the modern student learn any of these rote knowledge concepts? online for free these are the things we're learning and investing incredible amounts of time on in formal education when in fact do we really need to invest time on these types of things all of these pieces of knowledge humans have figured out and they're good and they're valid and they're important and every day we need to keep analyzing critiquing and researching and so we come up with 
new and better ways to do things. I don't want to come across as some anti-science, anti-math person. As learning basic facts in the world and fields of study are important, they're even indispensable. I mean, it would be silly to say otherwise. Knowledge always builds on knowledge. We need this. However, here's my question. How much objective knowledge and fact is needed to be taught in the universities? Is it worth the time and the money? You know, the entire history of the world right now is in your pocket or sitting right next to you. And it's your smartphone right now. The data at our fingertips has never been seen like this in the history of the world. And it gets more and more every single day. Is it truly a job-ready skill spending 15 to 30 credit hours in business, on formulas, theories, concepts, principles of history, when literally, when needed, and when you have to call upon it, you can just pull it up on your phone at your fingertips. It's the same in my own field of study for me. You know, there, there never used to be when I started teaching smartphones. I mean, nobody even had a laptop in the room. Literally, people brought in a pen and a paper. Nowadays, I'm just stunned. You know, students won't even bring in a laptop anymore. These the This new generation, they'll literally come in with a smartphone or some tiny little device, and they don't even bring a pen and a paper anymore. It's kind of crazy, but off topic there. But, you know, the only way when I first started teaching to have students acquire basic knowledge was to... So literally that memorization, rote knowledge, rote skills, memorized dates, historical figures, uh, you know, all this stuff. would We had to pound that in the head because, you know, you couldn't walk around with a, you know, with something to carry an, an entire encyclopedia of information. It just wasn't readily available. So thus the teaching was very different. Uh, but now that's gone. There's nothing that I can't say in one of my lectures in a classroom that a student cannot pull up online to validate or invalidate within two seconds. Universities have to evolve from what we are uh, to, to meet the technologies that are out there. You know, there are unintended consequences of the dominance, though, of this science, math, business-driven technological age that we have to address and and it is this reduction of the world down to knowable memorizable facts theories programming language and mathematical equation life is not so black and white ironically in an age of information where we can be exposed and we can broaden our perspective so grand and so wide instead people are becoming even more insulated into their own little groups and tribes. And in that world of math and science, or even extend it to business economics, so much of what's taught in the colleges, that we can reduce the world down to facts and figures. Yet those truly successful in any of these hardcore sciences and maths they're not regurgitating facts when they're out on the job. Their job skill is not the rote knowledge. Uh, 
the successful ones are imagining things. They're creating things. They're improving things. They're enhancing things. They're questioning things. They're challenging things. And this is where the university can bring the most strength. And this is where the universities are maybe doing their worst job than they ever have. You know, when university learning is reduced to practical, functional training and knowledge, you know, those things, those things that students perceive they need to get a good job, that world of facts without one trace of value, that world of theories and laws without one trace of analyzing truths or falsehoods, justice or injustice, you know, reducing knowledge to just verification. It renders personal value statements as just sentiments. It dehumanizes learning. It makes it, well, what it is all about the piece of paper. It is a new perversive mindset about what is important. Heck, we can teach machines to do nearly all objective data analysis for us. Why do we spend so much intellectual muscle on things a machine can learn at a much better rate and a much more effectively rate than we can versus spending things on uh, versus spending time on the things that that human beings can do that machines can't create dream analyze take on really complex situations and problems i know that in business schools there's case studies other fields create projects Others have case plans. Um, I'm sure you got it. So did I. Uh, Those help foster critical thinking. Uh, But what percentage of our time in college is spent on compelling, inspiring tasks and learning versus what is spent, well, just grinding out facts, jumping through hoops that are needless, whether it's memorizing painters from the 18th century or an economics class uh, definitions matching test. I no longer personally require rote memorization of history, facts, dates, this type of lower memorization. You know, if I do require those types of things, they're usually in quizzes where students look up and learn things just so they're aware of them. We need to have a baseline of them. But this idea of you better memorize this. You got 10 minutes to complete this quiz. And if you don't complete it in 10 minutes, well, then you're going to get an F in it. No, I don't do that anymore. Let them explore and read and take their time and figure it out. Uh, you know, we just have to change how we're doing this because the the perception is this factory grinding, you know, real world skills and knowledge into our brain. It's going to make you career ready. I mean, actually, it's maybe one of the biggest myths because when you get in the workforce, I mean... They don't need drones. If they want you to be a drone, they'll train you to be a drone just the way they want you to be a drone. But most employers, most jobs that are around now and especially are going to be around someday are not like that. You know, where we're at right now, the professions, they've been divided. They've been subdivided. They've been divided again. And we are training in such narrow fields right now. That studies are showing that less than half of the college graduates are working in their quote-unquote field of study within five to seven years after graduation. How can they 
in this crazy, ever-changing world we live, people are being trained in very narrow fields. So to actually work in your specialty, uh, finding that job that fits so well, I mean, it's it's like finding a needle in a haystack. Technology changes so rapidly in the workplace that almost certainly whatever hands-on training you receive in college with machines and equipment or theoretical way uh, this business does or that one does, it's not going to be the same as your college classroom. University curriculum is terribly unprepared to keep pace with actual job training. I mean, right now we're training students in college for jobs that don't exist in fields that are undiscovered. Technology is changing literally that rapidly. You know, let's take a graduate from a vaunted Ivy League school in marketing in 1990. They could have spent tens of thousands of dollars to earn that piece of paper that made them a quote-unquote career ready to work in marketing. And then all of a sudden social media hits. And now SEC, digital, SEO, uh, digital media marketing, that's where almost all the ad spend is at. This person probably would have never taken a class on digital media marketing because it didn't even barely exist when she went to college. So what did that person have to do? They had to go back, get get specialized training to do it. Colleges just cannot keep pace. And finally, just from personal experience, you know, I graduated with an arts degree in literature. I couldn't even work in the K-12 market uh, in the K-12 schools because I went the arts route instead of the science route. Um, So what did I do? Uh, Obvious choice. I got a job in hotel industry. Never trained, never studied, never got a degree in this field. Uh, Became a hotel manager within within a few years. Earned my master's degree. Is anything else less real-world functional? I couldn't even really work at Starbucks because Starbucks really, there are a few of them around, but not a whole lot of them. Uh, So I worked in the brokerage business. I thought it sounded really cool. You know, Wolf's on Wall Street, all that sort of stuff. Uh, You know, the great, great movies. And so I went in, got in new accounts, became a floor trader. Uh, Then ultimately the retail accounts manager Uh, for brokerage accounts, Uh, literally no university training in economics, finance, accounting, nothing. How does someone make it from entry level to manager in two years in hotel, three years in brokerage uh, with degrees that literally had nothing whatsoever to do with either one of those in with those industries? Because those degrees, they don't mean anything on career skills. What a degree can teach you is the ability to think, to relate, to communicate, to problem solve, to empathize, to work in teams. That is what matters for success. But that is really hard to assess in a number between 1 to 10 on a survey on a institutional administration uh, basis. But really, this is what employers time and again say they want in their future employees. But universities are copping out. They're taking an easy way out. You know, I continued on with my studies in the humanities. I eventually earned a doctorate degree, uh, made my way into higher ed. You know, but the point is that those pieces of paper 
really didn't mean anything in the scheme of things in working in the real world. So why do we think now that changing university curriculum for career ready skills is going to is going to be something that's going to help our graduates? I've been successful in the real world and I've had no formal training in any of those real world degree plans. We live in a world increasingly dominated by science and that's fine and good. There is incredible potential for grand accomplishment and growth in future generations from from these fields. Uh, for those with the technical, the practical, coupled with dreams, passions, visions, creativity, literally, I mean, there's no limit to what one could do or be. But it's be- precisely because science and technology are so dominant and this focus on career is so dominant that we need to check the focus of practical learning with higher intellectual pursuit. If you can get this inside of the classroom, get them both, that is the ideal and most wonderful situation. And that's for those of us like me in higher education, we have to strive for that. But if not, you have to get it on your own. In fact, it's really quite unacceptable for all of us to stop pushing ourselves exposing ourselves to learning and expanding our perspective and becoming educated at at any time, really. Nobody would argue that physics or advanced calculus is easy. As surely it takes a ton of training, but if we're honest, science, math, computer programming, engineering, you're given facts, you're given answers, you're given knowledge, you're given truth. Your professors say this is how things are done. They give you that certainty. Sure, there are always opportunities to flex higher thinking skills in every field, and you need to take advantage of it. And if you're teaching, you need to take advantage of those uh, opportunities as well whenever possible. But when I speak of becoming truly educated, it isn't just about a job, as life is more than a job. You can be the most technically sound, book-smart engineer on the planet, But if you can't relate, understand, evaluate, critique, dream, uh, have search for more, find solutions beyond just technically solving a problem in a job, person's probably not going to succeed. Our students don't need to just learn how to solve equations. They need to be confronted with uncertainty and doubt. They need to create things. They need to possess a healthy dose of skepticism. Colleges, we need to teach the black and white and even more importantly, all these shades of gray. A truly educated person has a little bit of a subversive streak in them. A truly educated person will evaluate and analyze the claims of authorities and undermine them when necessary. Does it really matter if it's in a company they work, uh, their political leanings or even religious institutions? We so need educated people, intellectually mature graduates, not people who walk lockstep in line, earn multiple degrees, and know what they are supposed to say when they're supposed to say it, jump through the hoops as directed because they were trained in a school to do it a certain way. Many times, these people are not educated. They just got an institutional education. There is an excess of refinement and structure in our universities. 
as well as of everything else, which has made the college degree somewhat pathetic in many ways. It's become that piece of paper required passage to the important thing in life, which, of course, in our business world is job, money, career. There is a very large difference between being educated and having an institutional education. Educated people, they have this skepticism about life and the impact of their technical skills and professional life on society at large. They will consider everything about what we are, where we came from, even what we can be, and and maybe even more important than any of that is just what we should strive to be. The educated person understands humans have this incredible capacity to to overstate and overhype their importance. The educated person can understand the current state of society is one in which the members know more and more about less and less. The specialization of tasks so many university students are forced to invest hours and hours to learn has reduced so many to being nothing more than that cog in a machine that's serving a very specific role for a very specific amount of time. Then they retire, then they die. I mean, not to over-dramatize this, but the order, the structure, and clarity that science and technology in our modern business world are about that's taught in our universities, it literally can almost dehumanize us, all of us has the potential to make us hypercritical and hyper-focused on really small things instead of the whole. And we see that in our debate on politics and religion and other areas. You know that old saying of you can't see the forest through the trees. Oh, our college-degreed minds can, can critique, they can equate and dissect the smallest little bit of minutiae But what about addressing the really big, important, the ethical, moral, human parts of life? Many times our graduates don't want any part of that. And we're neglecting the big things as we educate ourselves on smaller and smaller things. This rampant spread of specialization that we're seeing in our universities is limiting the perspective of graduates way too much. They often leave the walls of higher education not bursting with creative energy and passion to change and challenge big things, but rather they're really educated on little small things. And they're just happy when they finish to be done with it all. I don't know how many times I've heard that. Oh, I'm just so glad I'm almost done. You know, the educated mind takes on willingly, happily, these questions the big questions that are more about the possibilities of things than just the answers. The educated mind has no problem fighting it out intellectually, trying to solve just ridiculously big questions. Like, what is morality? How do we, how do we know something is true? What is the meaning of life? How can we be ethical when the world around us seems to be more and more unethical? Can we ever achieve social justice? And if we can, how in the world do we do it? I mean, these are just one of hundreds of questions. Too many degreed people leave college without truly, honestly grappling with bigger issues of life and internally trying to figure out who they are individually. 
you know, the hard math and sciences, they simply cannot send you this deep. It's just too specialized. And we need people to graduate into society with a much bigger perspective on things, not a smaller level of expertise. Too many degreed people, they just don't question authority. They're okay with conformity. They've been through conformity in all the K-12. K-12 is a killer of creativity. Uh, They're part of the club of conformity. School in general is maybe the most rigid, compliance-required killer of free thought of nearly any institution we have in America today. An educated person is going to question all authorities. Even professors and administrators in the colleges that are printing out these degrees in mass. The educated person is not going to be trapped by science and technologies or business certainties. uh, And in fact enjoys being free from the confines of these objective sciences. We need educators, myself included, in all fields of study whenever and however possible to foster critical thinking in our classes. We need to put out readings and assignments and discussions that challenge students beyond just acquiring and regurgitating fact, but they're pushing their mental boundaries to ensure that we're not complicit in sending out graduates who have acquired the ability to simply regurgitate and perform and think like their professors. This is the worst shame in our universities And I want to speak to the college professor instructor. It is not your job and you should not push your agenda onto other students. Your job is to set your students up to learn to think and evaluate and draw their own conclusions based on ration, reason, thought processes. Shame on you if you're pushing your politics, your religion, your your personal agenda on whatever it is and you're feeding it to your students as facts. That is not what's going to create a more educated society in any way, shape, or form. And if you're a student and you hear that demagogic talk from your professors, you may have to smile to get through the class, but you need to look at that smile and know that that is not creating an educated society, nor is it creating an educated mind when you graduate. We will not challenge, change, and improve society without educated college graduates who are free thinking, intellectually grounded individuals. We need them open-minded. We need them to explore and challenge and change things of prior generations. It's what we need to do in the institution. You know, we're in the midst of a technology renaissance, stunning how our technology and the sciences and computers and data, I mean, it's just mind boggling. This is a renaissance like something we've never seen. But at the same time, we are not in a renaissance in our institutions of higher education. Our institutions are getting more closed minded, less free thinking less freedom of speech, and this is scary because our educated mind, if we're truly going to do it, is much more than knowledge acquisition. It's much more than conformity. It's knowledge on how to question what else there is to be learned and giving them the freedom to do it, to just be satisfied with what the college taught. 
thinking that that piece of paper is the end game of learning is for the most part a form of intellectual suicide. And I want to say this to the college graduate right now. If you're thinking after you got your degree, this is it. This is as good as it gets. I used the piece of paper to get the job to make the money. And so now I'm done. Let's get down to the business so real life can get started. That's not a true statement. I think the college graduate learns everything. Truly educated college graduate learns that everything is real life. And one never actually graduates from educating oneself. If they don't learn this fact that your education never is truly over, they're going to zombie walk through life. And life just happens to them. Way too much zombie walking in life right now as our education system is failing to truly educate. The character of being educated is a process of continually forgetting and emancipating yourself from knowledge that you knew before. You take another step and you put away those old notions that you had and then you embrace fresh ones. And as you learn them, you learn that sometimes all that stuff that you invested time, anxiety, labor to to acquire it's not actually true knowledge and it's a next step and it's a next step you get the idea it's just a continual process and we can't allow ourselves even when our institutions fail us to fall into that victim mindset even if you didn't receive an education that you that that taught you to think properly my question to you is are you educating yourself right now that's the question if you're still in college and listening to this you are on the most fruitful field to learn but you have to own it you have to take it to the next level you know one thing i'll i always challenge my students i'll say okay so here's what we're doing in class you have to complete abc this week to receive this grade and that grade Uh, however don't be afraid to push yourself further and read more You know, if you really want to be educated, you can do the minimum amount that's required by the college or you can push yourself further. You know, let's face the reality. We have to each own our education. It takes nothing but showing up to graduate high school. At times, even earning earning an associate degree isn't even much more difficult than high school. And although it does get progressively more challenging, You know, but is it truly, really earth-shatteringly push yourself to the utmost limit hard to get a bachelor's degree? Only in in a handful of times in my academic career was was I truly pushed, and I already talked about those. You know, there's going through the motions and graduating, and then there's pushing yourself to your limit. But what about those of you not in college, you've graduated or heck, maybe you're even done with your career, you're retired. I mean, you know, are you done? You have no right to stop educating yourself. You're alive, you're living, you're thinking, you're listening. Otherwise, you you wouldn't understand this podcast. You need to continue pursuing something, anything. You know, you have to find your interests or your passions and push. Just figure it out. Your mind needs to be fed at all stages. We have way too many mentally complacent people in society. And our country suffers because of it. We see this daily in our politics, our culture, the level of conversations we have. 
just our basic interactions seem to be degrading. You know, you have an obligation to yourself to not zombie walk through life. So this takes me to the last thing I want to talk about. And what are signs of a truly educated person? So educated people have this deep and genuine empathy. From what I seen, what I read, what I study, you know, the more I look at this, you know, just that willingness to try and understand other people and to just withhold your judgment until you understand that is such a powerful thing. Intellectually mature and educated people do this. They're also very sensitive to the psychological, physical, moral, and cultural world in which they find themselves. We live in a globally connected society, and we have multi-generations that grew up in very vastly different circumstances. Life in the 40s, 50s, 60s is completely different than life in 2020 or the 1990s, and we have to be sensitive and try and understand and broaden our perspective on these things. Truly educated people will do that. Truly educated people have a clear understanding of their own, of their own value system, their wants and their preferences. There is surely never anything wrong with having strong opinions and values. But they also understand that it's okay if you don't agree with the other side. You're not an educated mind if you're so angry, upset, and closed-minded towards somebody else who doesn't think the same way that you think. Truly educated people, they're independent and free-thinking. They're not afraid to not be in the crowd. Oh, there's such a herd mentality, such a herd mentality in our society today. And social media just it's like throwing gasoline on a fire with this. But truly educated people, they're comfortable in their own skin. And they have this ability to think freely and independently. And even though they do this, they don't do it in a way, you know, that's mean-spirited. You know, I nothing more annoying than that person says, well, I got my opinions and I'm going to tell them exactly what I think. Well, it doesn't mean just because you can be loud and obnoxious doesn't mean that you have to do it that way. And it surely doesn't mean that you're a independent free thinker. It just means you're being rude and obnoxious when you do that. So an educated mind can think freely, thinks independently, comfortable in their old skin. But they're not doing it in a condescending or a mocking way. Those are just some of the things. You know, clearly, these are some some of these characteristics. You know, they can be learned and they can be embedded in formal education. But all of us can become more intellectually mature. And we don't need the university for this to be able to reach there. So, so what can I, what can you do educate yourself outside of the constraints of a formal institution which i would argue in many ways you can go a lot further without those constraints but you know here's some just real simple things and again i'm not an expert on this by any stretch of the imagination 
But here's three things that what we generally see educated, intellectually mature people do. They tend to read a lot. I don't mean blogs and tweets and Facebook posts. You know, sometime I'm going to do just a full podcast on the power of reading as it really is has a profound impact on your brain. You know, it doesn't even really matter if it's fiction or nonfiction or poetry, but read, read, read. You've been given a mind that can understand incredible mysteries and it wants to express itself and imagine and learn new things. And, you know, there's just incredible wealth in books and teaching in the world that, that you can grow your knowledge and grow your wisdom. The second one is communicate, especially with people who you don't agree with on different topics. This is really hard. But you need to try and foster re- relationships that are not like with people that are not exactly like you. The potential for growth is huge. It, it requires you to develop discipline and not fly off the handle in emotion. People who are highly educated have this ability to communicate even on topics that are hard or difficult or there's disagreement. And the third thing is just question things. Be really curious. Just stop taking superficial responses from our institutions when they give it. I don't care if it's political, big tech, news media. Just don't don't blindly accept things as, as more often than not, there usually is more. Don't walk through life with the, oh, well, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Uh, just uh, things just happen. Life happens and you die. Uh, when you do that, those people that are in power they love it they love it when you're lazy and you're apathetic so there's just three real simple things read communicate question things really easy to find just take baby little steps takes practice i mean you're never going to be perfect but but those next steps in the right direction can go a long way and and really what's the worst thing that happened you spend a Spend some time on something other than a Netflix series or two. You can always catch yourself up on those. They never really seem to ever go away. But just push yourself outside your comfort zone gradually. Just take little steps. I work in higher education and undoubtedly, you know, that college degree opens doors for many people. Statistics just prove that having a degree will allow you to make more money. Almost certainly than not making more money. However, don't be hoodwinked into believing just because you've got a formal education. It surely doesn't mean you're truly educated. And don't stop pushing yourself to learn because they're not the same things. At the same time that we learn knowledge useful to society, career, advancement, technologically, humans need to continue their intellectual development their entire life your technical and objective knowledge of the world, and you put that together with a deep-seated search for your life passions, exploring yourself, you know, understanding the world you live, challenging information just fed to us. Now here's where you can truly reach your full potential and your best self. Ideally, we get the degree simultaneously with the true education. But let's face it, life is rarely ideal. As we all as 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 we all figure out over time, you know, even if you were educated while getting the piece of paper, you're never done until, well, I guess you would die. Then you're done. 
you know, I kind of jumped around in this podcast from topic to topic, but I, I hope what you take from this is as you look at your, if you're a college student, look at your degree. Don't look at it just as a piece of paper that's going to get you a job. I mean, technically, functionally, it would be silly for me to say with without with the piece of paper, you're probably going to get a better job. But don't think you're done and don't think that's being truly educated. You're selling yourself way short when you do that. If you have already graduated, it's easy for us to say, I'm done learning. I'm done with education. I don't need it. And it might be true that you don't need to memorize any more math equations, but that doesn't mean that you should ever be done educating yourself. And you need to find that thing, whatever that thing is, and keep pushing yourself. You can always push yourself to read, to communicate, to question things, and not just get complacent in life. No matter whether you're 40, 50, 60, 70, there's still more you can do. Society is strongest when everybody is more intellectually mature. And so it's important. It's important that we always keep pushing to get more educated. You know, at the end of life, you know, that piece of paper isn't going to mean anything. But, you know, just living your life with a deeper, more profound more fulfilling understanding of all the crazy stuff on earth that we did, we saw, we experienced, we perceived, it's definitely worth it to keep pushing yourself. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate you investing your time today. And I also hope this inspires you to push yourself. Push yourself beyond your comfort zone, whether you are a college student right now, a college graduate a long time ago, or maybe you never went to college whatsoever. Just push yourself mentally and intellectually. So normally, I release podcasts on Mondays and Wednesdays each week. Uh, Inside of this, you can like and you can subscribe. And then when the new podcast comes available, you'll be alerted to new additions. And so with that, Until the next episode, I hope you have a wonderful day and a great week.